Welcome to The Cloaked. We are a collective of inquiring minds seeking answers to mysteries both past and present. Join us on our journey to discover that which remains hidden. And now, on with the show. Hey there, welcome to The Cloak, and this is episode two of the near-death experiences. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, please go back, press pause on this one, and listen to the first one, because this one would not make any sense if you don't listen to the first one. Uh, So, please enjoy this episode. What if this is where everyone goes, and it's just your religious belief that leads you to believe... Uh, that you're in a heaven or a hell because I'm assuming if you see a one-eyed monster coming towards you you could think that you're in hell yeah yeah and maybe the place that you recognize uh, where they take you as something from your past that you either regret or that you hate maybe it's like probing your your mind or your Mm -hmm. memory for something for you to recognize and you tend to remember the the most either pleasurable or most horrific experiences that you've had are the ones that stick out to you the most. And that reflects. Yeah. So it, it if you feel guilty in life, it's something that you're going to end up reliving. Reliving, yeah. right. Um, I also think about sometimes the idea of these near-death experiences that people have and the, the whatever place they visit. And for example, if it's hell, I think of, well, if you visited hell, that's probably because you have to go to some kind of uh, uh, purgatory type of thing. Mm-hmm. Necessarily doesn't mean it's hell. It's just that you have to work out the bad karma that you put out. And then maybe you can go to heaven or the next realm or the next level Well, it's like, a, life. is it Hinduism where they're trying to reach nirvana? Right. So if you're bad in this life, you'll, you'll come Be, back as a cockroach. Right. For you to start your life cycle over again. Mm-hmm. Trying to get, because there's also the belief of uh, people leave, they live through a evolutionary level of their spiritual side, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so your soul, your spirit per se, is and and and, and I'll talk about something else right now. But um, you're trying to move up levels and grow. So every time that you're here on Earth, if you're reborn, if you're reborn, you're trying to level up to the next level mm. to grow. But in order to do that, you have to grow here. You have to have some kind of growth. There's a lesson that you have to learn or lessons. And as you learn them, you improve yourself as a person spiritually. And you can, when you pass, you're able to go into the next level and you're reborn into earth again in a different life. You could be a boy or a girl again or whatever. And you... You move on to the next house, and you have to learn that lesson of that house and move on. It sounds like a very boring video game. I mean, again, it's one of those things where we talk about this life as a video game. It's like a a a Matrix uh, Rick and Morty, where they have that that episode where they go to the arcade. Yes, there's an arcade. And uh, he, what, what is he, it called? He relives uh, Roy's life. Yes. And he's like, oh, my wife died. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up. And that, that's one of the hilarious episodes. But yeah, he um, lived an entire life yeah, in a video game. Exactly. What do you think The Matrix 4 is going to be about? 
They're, uh, they're, they're making they're, another. It's, it's been announced that the Matrix Four is, is going to be made. But uh, Keanu Reeves is in it. Yes, Keanu but he Reeves. died. Well, I don't know. He maybe came back like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. A, a spoiler alert! If you fucking haven't seen the Matrix, but th- at this point, you should have seen the Matrix by now. Or what if they uh, remix it and it's like a John Wick is actually Neo and all this? It's it's one this universe. Whole, uh, he's he's Neo. He's fucking Ted or Bill, right? Bill. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're also making Bill and Ted. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so that's gonna that. be awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Done in sixty seconds. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is just playing all these video games and <laughs> he's leaving all these lives. Uh, um, so <laughs> what was I going to say? Fucking shit. Uh, so I, th- I was talking about what uh, the the Matrix Four. No, no, no. Before that, before that, uh, Rick and Morty. No, the, the lives. You asked me what the what the Matrix Four was going to be about. No, 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 no. way, way before that. Before Rick that. and Morty's uh, video game life. So uh, I think I was talking about like. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> because so much just goes on. So I think it, it's one of those things where we have to keep uh, mindful, I guess, of what we do. But I think in life, based on your experience of what you're going through and what your ideology may be or theology, that's probably your near-death experience that you can, you're going to have. Um, I know we, we talked about leveling up and spiritually into the next house because in that realm, if you're talking about houses and living leveling up, there's 12 houses or at least from what I've read, there's 12 houses spiritually, and your 12 house, house is the last house. After that, you go into what looks or what it sounds like nirvana or heaven, uh, but you have, to leave, you have to live all these lives in order to get there. And the Bible also, it talks about you have to live multiple lives to experience this world in order to ascend into heaven. So that's like another thing. People always forget that. It's, it's in the Bible that you have to live multiple lives in order to ascend into heaven. Right. And people always fucking forget that. And it's so weird that that always it's almost like, oh, you die and get automatically into heaven. But there's this line in the book that well, says that. I think it, it's sort of like everything else. You have to wear different hats. Like yeah, at a job, mm-hmm. you you don't start off as a, a man. Or I mean, you don't normally start off as a manager. No, you work from be, the bottom up. Because you need experience. Right. And... To get that experience, you have to start somewhere. Right. Right? Yeah. And you're leveling up to different positions. Not everyone's going to like become a CEO and run a company. Right. So, and not everyone's going to get the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Because there's people that get fired on the first day. <laughs> first day? <laughs> How'd you get fired? Well. Well, I, um, I guess... Taking a, a shit on the floor was not a good idea. I had a diarrhea and I took a shit in the company office and they thought I was being rebellious. <laughs> just, uh, just get out. Just get to leave just, now. But I mean, stuff like that does happen. You are sometimes in life. There's people that can deal with heavy shit. And that's because they've dealt with heavy stuff their entire life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times is. Your those lives are the lives that are the hardest, and 
I think when you're going through some heavy struggle, it it could be that it's towards the end of those levels sometimes. Uh, I, th- I think experiences like that tend to uh, humble you. Yeah. Not in all situations because some people take that as a... Um, karma? Well, not, not karma. is like, oh, woe me. Yeah. It, it automatically turned into a pity party. Right. right? Instead of an, uh, an opportunity for growth. Right. Right? So instead of pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, which is a horrible thing to say. Right. Uh, they just... They let it defeat them. Yeah. And in, in a lot of situations, uh, they're either too proud to ask for help or they just uh, like uh, refuse help. Yeah. And that's a, you have to rely on people. <clears throat> well, I mean, there, there's a, definitely a point when you need to ask for help. I mean, sometimes people want to learn the struggle and move from the position they're at from themselves because... They want to learn and they want to be able to pull themselves out of a situation uh, because for well, and it could be for many reasons. I mean, not just necessarily pride, but um, it could be that they want to see how well they can do by themselves to pull themselves out. And But also at the same time, you have to recognize when you need help to ask for help. You know, you shouldn't be in this world. You shouldn't be alone like that. Yeah. You know, you may you may be born alone. Doesn't mean you have to live this life alone either. No, we, we technically all die alone. Technically, but sometimes you're surrounded by people you love and hate, and that kind of <laughs> what is what is automatically going to hate. Now, my question to you is: Would you ever want to experience in your death experience? So that leads me to my part of the story, where I've, ex- I've, ex- like I said, I experienced a lot of accidents growing up, um, <laughs> a lot of vehicle accidents actually. Uh, Be safe. Well, I mean, some the first few half a dozen, uh, half were, a dozen, yeah, were out of out of you know out of my control. Uh, I believe the, my first experience was when I was about four years old. Um, we were driving. Uh, I was in the back seat, and we were in uh, a big highway. And the people in front, whoever was in front, slammed their brakes to avoid something. I guess another vehicle, maybe it wasn't paying attention. And the vehicle immediately behind that car hit the other car and caused a, uh, a multiple car pileup, and which caused my my dad, who was driving. Uh, to slam his brakes, my seatbelt broke. Fucking Ford, and it broke, and I fly off. I, I drive a Ford. Yeah, fuck that. And so <laughs> I've driven a lot of Fords. Japanese cars. So <laughs> I f- I fly right off the seat, and my dad hears hears the seatbelt snap, and he puts out his arm. To like grab me, and I immediately slammed my face on his elbow, <laughs> break my nose, and then pass out. My mom says that there was blood just coming out, like because he broke my nose, um, and I just immediately black out. I remember the seatbelt coming off, and I feel this force um, coming off me. Right. Yeah. And I black out. I remember this force just like um and it was almost like me leaving my body and then that's as far as that 
part of the accident. That's all I remember. And my and, and I have really good memory from three to four years old and onward. And because I, I have like tons of memories that my mom's like really impressed that I remember certain things. Uh, but my my body just like leaves. And again, like I I black out. And I hear this voice and it's not it's not a voice I recognize. I don't know whose voice it was. And it was in Spanish, actually. And it wasn't my it wasn't none of my parents. And it sounded sweet. It sounded like, I don't know, like a grandmother almost. Yeah, but I recognized my grandmother's voice and it wasn't hers. Um, but it just kept saying, you're fine. You're OK. You're going to wake up soon. Do you remember any pain? Afterwards, I mean, my but not not during, no pain, zero pain, and it wasn't. I mean, when I woke up, I remember sitting on the side of the, like on the highway. Like my my mom said, like you were almost like, you seemed lifeless, but they couldn't they couldn't really tell because there was blood coming out. Like a lot of blood came out, um, and they cleaned. I remember the, whenever the ambulance got there, they cleaned me up or whatever. And they were checking my vision. I remember them checking with the light and everything. Checking to see if you had a concussion. Yeah. And I, they were like, he seems fine. He's just like bled a lot. And so there was a lot of blood. And Your parents were like, we're not going to the hospital. <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> and so that was one of the things. Like That was my first. My, my, the other experience that I had that was some, some, something similar is where uh, this is probably when I was, I think it was when I was 14. Uh, it was Easter, and I was at this lake, and I had got on got on a jet ski. I never got on a jet ski by myself, and this is the <laughs> first time I got on a jet ski. But this jet ski was was small. I, this is the one. This is the first time I learned that jet skis had to go by your weight, just like motorcycles. You almost sunk it. No, no, <laughs> I was going really fast on this jet ski, right, and. I do, I, I do I have this thing where I'd like to do these fucking crazy turns, right? These did, like V type turns. Did you get thrown turns. off? <laughs> Not only did I get thrown off, I flip with the jet ski. Was- the jet ski goes on top of me. Oh. I'm stuck. My shoe gets stuck on the seat. Who were shoes with the jet ski? Don't talk ski? to me. <laughs> I, I, there were water shoes. There you, were water you shoes. It. Well, that's because there were these rocks underneath, and some of those rocks are sharp. So um, I. My shoe gets stuck, and I'm trying to get off uh, with, you know, my shoe off. Because I knew, like, okay, my shoe's the part that's stuck. Mm-hmm. If I take off my shoe, I'm able to go back up. This fucking thing is, like, holding me down. I can't, I can't move around. And I'm struggling, I'm struggling. And the other person that was on the other jet ski uh, was another cousin of mine. And she, she's smaller. She's way smaller than me. And... She, from her side of the story, is like, she remembers she's looking back and I wasn't there anymore. And she's looking around and it's almost like dusk. So there's a little bit of light um, that's hitting the water. But what's hitting the water is the same color as the bottom of the jet ski. So it's hard to tell. And she started like driving back. uh, And then she saw like, oh shit, there's a jet ski. And she could see like a little bit of splashing, like <laughs> movement. Yeah, she's seen movement. It's not even breaking the head. And, the like, ah. and so I started like blacking out. Like I started blacking out. So you and started to drown too. <laughs> so, so 
my my approach to this part is more scientifically than ever because at this point I'm I'm more about science than being religious, and so a blackout. And what I saw next was was like light, shimmery light, what looked like glitter, what could could have been the uh, the light hitting the water, making it look like it's glitter, or like when you hold your breath. Or like you stand up too quickly, you start seeing the stars. Yeah. The only thing is this type of water, you don't want to open your eyes because it's going to burn. You know, and I wasn't, so, I'm not too good at opening my eyes underwater. I'm not very good at that. So you can't open your eyes. So no. I'm barely able to open my eyes. And I'm imagining what is happening with my foot. And I know exactly what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm moving around and jolting and shit, there's this all of a sudden... I'm calm. My body goes calm. And what I start hearing is instructions. And I follow those instructions. And it, it, it was like, kick here, then kick here, and then move your foot immediately. And I, I did exactly that as I'm blacking out. And my shoe comes off. And I, I was able to kind of go on the surface on top of the jet ski. And at that point, I hear my cousin just trying to pull me out from her part of the jet ski. And then another cousin jumped in the water and he swam to help me out. Um, that's very important to learn how to fucking swim. <laughs> so, you know how to swim? <laughs> I didn't know how to swim. What the fuck? I, and what's funny is like, I even took classes and shit. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, um, luckily, I, here's the other part. I had a life jacket on. And that's what was also kind of helping me and not helping me at the same time because I was stuck under the jet ski and I was like being pulled right underneath the fucking jet ski. So what happened to the jet ski? I mean, the jet ski's fine. I mean, they were able to pull it out. And luckily, uh, most of my cousins that are there are mechanics. Um, they know a lot about that shit. They and they the were, engine, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Even if it did, I'm pretty sure they were able to fix it somehow. Uh, I seen them do some fucking crazy shit. I have a lot of stories. These are the same cousins that I had that weird experience for those who are on Patreon, where I tell that story about that UFO. Um, so they were able to pull me out from there, and the jet ski was fine. And but I had this weird, this weird uh, experience where I these instructions that came out of nowhere. And I don't know if it was my body or uh, or my mind doing all these things, where I follow these instructions. On how to get myself out of there, and then ever since then, I've I've had some weird experiences where I follow these instructions that I tell myself. I, and at this point, I'm I'm assuming this is me just telling myself uh, how to get out of certain situations. Where I I've been in a situation where I've been shot at. What? Yeah, down in Mexico. <laughs> what the fuck? Did you- um, of like where to run and where to take route. Would you? intentionally give yourself a near-death experience to experience that no i don't think so i don't i don't think i would give intentionally uh anything like that no i don't think so and what you sent me kind of reminded me of i and i don't know what's it called Uh, eternal center of the spotless mind no flatliners is it flatliners i'm thinking the the remake or the original i think it's the original the one where they 
they well they, they technically kill themselves right and bring themselves back right yeah just to experience it no this isn't that <laughs> no the, but the, I, I, they kind of remind me hey this, this could be like flatliners so the, this is called the the god helmet the god helmet yeah yeah, yeah. yeah tell us what that is and all it really does it um it does a very very strong magnetic field near the brain mm-hmm. that induces the similar experience to a near-death experience so right uh you get the feeling that someone's in the room someone is nearby you hear voices you see lights mm-hmm. um but this is in like the apparently the effects can last up to like, like 10 days so after they they pulse your brain and i've also seen this uh sort of uh for the what is it the savant effect mm-hmm. so the people that um have a mental handicap but that are amazing at one task right so either remembering facts playing instruments or like drawing or painting mathematics or yeah. being able to come back and have this amazing talent that they didn't have before so it's very similar to that right so i'm wondering if it's just the way that the the magnetic field is like pulsed or because right. from what i'm looking at it looks like it's rotating they have a, a light on the side so right. I, I guess they're rotating the the field in someone's head yeah instead of just like bombarding it yeah <laughs> but yeah i i honestly i i would want to try it if the effects aren't completely permanent yes completely, <laughs> completely permanent is the key that's the key words you're looking for <laughs> i mean i don't i don't, I don't want of, it side effects it could be brain dead <laughs> They put the levels too high and <laughs> it just kills you. You really become a vegetable. Man, oh. that would be horrible. Um, so I'm happy often. <laughs> you put on a helmet. <laughs> you said he was going to come back and some kind of fucking tabans. I, I said it was not necessary. But I mean, yeah, I find, I find that kind of... Um, those kind of stories also very interesting because these people do have this near-death experience where they come back and... I heard that people coming back and really being amazing at pianist and they go on to record an album and you know playing concerts and playing for a symphony and shit and you know they come back and they're they're doing like you said they're amazing artists or they're really good mathematicians and they were never really that good mm-hmm. um, in any of these talents so one of the things that I've I've also tried to you know look into is that is this is this something that you're almost like your your brain rewiring itself and accessing something that's always been there but you've never been able to access it and it's also something that um that Sai and I have talked about before where if if you were to have these near death experiences and you come back and you have this fucking talent that maybe in a past life you had this talent you were a good pianist or because maybe in a past life you play this instrument or you were a mathematician or, uh, you know, you were capable of these other talents that you somehow unlocked or opened a door to this, you know, mainframe of your character or your profile. And now you're able to access something that that's always been with you. It's like a video game. Like a video game. Exactly. Yeah. You access a tool that you've had, but now in this character, you're you're able to unlock it. And so, you know, one of the other things that we always talked about is, uh, you know, accessing this network of 
you know, endless amounts of talents and, and capabilities. And somehow, because you had this near-death experiences, you drew in a lottery ticket per se, and you reached into a hat and you pulled this talent, uh, whether you've ever had it before or not. And now you are able able or have the, the capacity to do, you know, play this instrument or be a mathematician or a scientist or whatever. Well, it comes down to that whole thing where uh, where does consci- consciousness actually live? Is it in the body? Right. Or is it something that it's sort of like in the cloud? In the cloud. And your right. body is acting as an antenna. Right. And you're just focusing your consciousness into this vessel. Right. So. It, it kind of reminds me of something the Egyptians believe. It's the, the trinity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you have your body, it's the shell. You have your soul, right? Which is what goes to he- heaven or hell or this other realm. And then there's this other thing called like your the, your smaller self, is, which I think it's maybe like a spirit or something, right? That stays with your body. And there's this belief then, and it's something that... Uh, that I've talked about with Pandora and, and other episodes that we've recorded where there's this belief that you can be brought back to life and the the way that they do it because through the process of mummification um, and through because of the process of mummification um, and because you there's a spirit that stays with the body and let's say your soul goes and travels and in the future they're able to bring back that body to life through through science let's say we do some kind of procedure or somewhere in the future there's aliens and we have this technology where we can bring a body that was been long dead and because the process of mummification we're able to bring and rejuvenate this body by placing these key organs that were removed we're able to place them back and because the body has this process that it went to the spirit is able to stay in the body and then we are able to bring this body back to life and because through this process through the scientific process that we're able to bring the body back to life we're able to bring back and harness the soul back into this body therefore rebirth of the human body. There is a process that is being looked into in Mexico through this chemical process uh, because of the cartels down there. The bodies are badly, uh, they're badly uh, decomposed or been, um, they've been badly damaged. There's a scientist down there in Mexico that was able to uh, to bring back the body in through this crazy reverse Benjamin Button shit, <laughs> like rejuvenation and back into a more complete look. And and even like, if you look at, we'll, we'll find some of the videos and we'll post them. Right, um, I've seen them before. You, you've seen them, right? Yeah. This guy is able to bring these, these bodies back into this like life to kind of identify it's these like bodies. Demummifying them. De- yeah, demummifying. Yeah, so there is this they're, process. They're trying to get like the, the fingerprints or any sort of tattoos. Right, to identify them. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of these like mass graves that are being found. And so there is this process, this way to bring back this kind of uh, the these individuals, so that's kind of what, uh, in a similar way, that's kind of what uh, some of the other people who have money who put themselves, you know, how Disney, right? Uh, Walt Disney put himself into one of those cryo cryogenics, cryogenics, and so there is this belief that in the future we'll have the ability to bring these people back to life. 
Now, is it how plausible is this? I don't know. But if we if 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 UFO and alien theorists and ancient alien theorists believe in this um, thing where you know the mummification was taught by aliens, then that would mean that in the future these people who once lived would be probably if this is true, would be able to be brought back to life. Um, and again, as we progress through technology and science and through the imagination, uh, the more we go through this, I think the more possibility uh, and likelihood that in the future, in the next thousand years, we'll have this tech. I mean, I think it's very plausible, um, especially with the imagination. And, and, and also, not to cut off anybody, but... Also, there's people that always think, well, why not? It's, but nobody ever thinks, should we? And it's one of those things that, you know, we have to kind of like also take into consideration. Um, but I mean, there's always these scientists trying to push the bounds of science uh, through the further beyond the future and the present, of course. But Dr. Alejandro Hernandez. Cardenas. Cardenas. Yes. Um, yeah. And it the process is fucking amazing. Like what he does. Um, it's it's it can be pretty gruesome. Uh, yeah, it is pretty gruesome. This uh, is not suitable for something at uh, at work. So yes. You, if you want to take a look at it, we'll we'll post it on our social media and definitely on the show notes as well. Uh, but again, very important. I think it's very important and very amazing and in a lot of ways to look at this. And uh, figure it out. I'm sorry. Uh, one of the the bodies that he it, it, this is really morbid, so I'm sorry. One of the the bodies that they uh, re it, it's pretty much like a rehydration process, right? Uh, it's a tattoo of a uh, a penis. <laughs> I don't know why someone would get that tattooed on them. Are you looking at this? That. That is very interesting. It's a penis, and it looks like it's shooting something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're little boys. That is boys. so weird. Why would why. you get a tattoo of a penis? Maybe. Is that a girl or is that a guy? I don't know. I, I can't tell. <laughs> it's probably, I don't know. It's probably, like, uh, the caption says, I don't know what this tattoo means. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it means. You know what it means. Uh, this, That's a penis. That, this is a hieroglyph. <laughs> Some kind of ancient hieroglyph. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll post that on. We'll, we'll post notes. that in the show notes as well, so you can take a look at the penis. Uh, the wolf is trying to get in. Um, so, what, what do you think? What do you think about this whole experience that people are having? These near-death experiences. Mm. Maybe it's the. The conscious part of the brain trying to organize what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the body knows that it's dying. Right. It's going through a weird process. Yeah. So, possible death. Either it's uh, losing uh, blood, oxygen, something nutritious to, to the brain. And the way of it coping with this is to. Um, because a, a lot of people experience a sense of the calmness. Right. right? The calmness, yeah. Yeah, because the worst thing you can do in any situation is panic. The more that you panic, the quicker you're going you're gonna to make the situation worse. Right. Right? So it's 
a way of the, I guess, like the body shutting itself down, mm-hmm. where it goes through the process of like, okay, well, the the first, the, what is it, the last thing that they say that you, the last sense that you have when you're dying is your hearing. Right. So you start losing sensation your, uh, in your limbs, taste, smell, sight, and then the very last one is like your hearing. So when that, that's one of the things that people talk about the most is you can still hear something. You mm-hmm. hear voices, <clears throat> some, someone trying to calm you down, someone speaking in a different language. Right. So for me, it's, it's something with the brain... You know, like the brain is starving itself and it's trying to make sense of what's going on. Right. Because even scientifically, you can say that, let's say you are hearing something that you're not kind of quite comprehending and you're thinking is this type of language or some kind of other language you don't understand. Essentially, it could be that your brain is still in connection with your hearing and you're hearing things around you that maybe your brain's interpreting as a language or maybe it's interpreting in some way and it's trying to make sense of the pattern that you're actually hearing. Which is just, I mean, of course, like I said, I mean, going through that aspect, it scientifically can be said that that is plausible, um, that it could be that. So, I mean, uh, again, like, I think that people who go through these near-death experiences is a very unique experience in itself. I mean, going through the the all the ideas of you know, next realm, hell, earth, you know, what is it? Um, or, you know, coming back and you having this new talent, which also could be amazing. Um, so it could be a multitude of things. And it could be, again, a multitude of different aspects of what your body is going through that your body and your mind are trying to make sense of all that. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's it could be a lot of these things. And I think that, you know, unless you... Ha- once you experience it for yourself or you know someone who has experienced it and they tell you the full story of it, then you can get the opportunity to learn more about it. I mean, you can also go online and, of course, hear the people talk about some of the things that they've gone to experience. And so I think it's uh, I think it's one of those things that you definitely should go and read and kind of like find out for yourself. Because there's a lot of stories of people who who have gone through surgery and stuff like that, that have had experiences in that. Uh, and I just think it's a very unique experience that a lot of people get to have um, that go through that. You know, unfortunately, they have, they get through that. And it's kind of like sometimes it could be it could be scary, definitely, if you if you don't know what, what's happening. Um, but yeah, like Hoffman said, just, you know, you get through an experience like that, a horrific accident or something, you know, it's, it's try to remain calm uh, as one can. But again, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And again, we'll probably shorten this one because it's it's uh you know almost it's an hour and thirty minutes. That's not and bad. That's not bad. Uh, so we'll probably shorten it. We'll probably put it on our Patreon. Uh, part of it will be on our Patreon. So go check it out. We'll have a lot of information, and it it will be a fun piece of uh, of episode that will be posted there um we'll figure that out but again uh, hopefully you guys have checked the store we have uh, two downloadables you could download a wallpaper for your phone or you can download our calendar or you could do both and again like always share like and tell us what how we're doing in the comments and we'll see you on the next episode laters